Hey everyone and welcome to Sunday Night's Main Event. We are more than just a weekly radio show. We actually have a whole network of shows that cover the entire world of professional wrestling. From Raw and SmackDown to Dynamite and Rampage to Impact to New Japan and everything in between, we've got you covered. In order to get each of these shows, you have to be a Patreon. And to join our Patreon for just $5 a month, head on over to patreon.com slash SNME. Radio. This next show features an SNME original and a legend of this brand. That's Dan DeMouth Lavransky and his partner, Joe Aguinaldo, better known as the Old Fs. They're going to be talking all things AEW, Dynamite, chat some ratings, chat some wrestling, talk about the old days, because that's what they do best. As the Old Fs, they're going to be chatting all things AEW Dynamite. So if you like what you heard, head on over to patreon.com slash SNME radio. And for just $5 every month, you will get this show and many more. So without further ado, let's get to it. Gentlemen, uh, I guess, you know, it doesn't really matter in the world of podcasting because as soon as you record it and you put it out there, it's like time is meaningless. But uh, for us doing it now, uh, Joe and I are here to do another uh, episode of All Elite Wrestling <laughs> Weekly, uh, except that we're doing it later than we should be because I actually kind of forgot that we were <laughs> supposed to do it. I don't know why i didn't realize it was thursday i think i thought maybe it was still wednesday i got talking with katie afterwards and i'm kind of just like hey and then all of a sudden it was one of those things you know like almost like in like a cartoon where you get the big hammer over the head and it's just (laughs) all of a sudden you just go oh my god i'm supposed to be doing this so Sorry for making you wait here, Joe, to uh, talk about this week's dynamite. Oh, dude, it's it's all right. Like, in fact, like just to uh, you know, put a cap on that story. Like, I was already in discussions with uh, Matt from uh, NXT Talk, yeah. and bam, and he was like, "I still need 20 minutes to finish the show." And I'm like, "All right, if I don't hear from Dan in 20 minutes, I'm calling you." But uh, <laughs> like, you, you pretty much like responded back right away. Crisis averted. The old fucks wow. are still on the air. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. The lights, the lights finally went off inside. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. This was it. It was a good. It was a good episode. I have no reason why I wouldn't have been thinking about this. A lot of stuff happened in this show. You know what? what? It, like I almost hate to say it. It's like the the road to revolution started to me last night. Yes, yes, no. yeah, it, it's it's on the way now, yeah, yep. for sure. Yep. So yeah, and with that in mind, that's basically how the show gets started here. Uh, they're calling this one Championship Fight Night. That is the title of this week's show, and it starts so because every match is involved with the championship in some way. Our first match here is MJF. We're getting to see the champion wrestle against Takeshita, and this is what they call the Eliminator match. If Takeshita can pin the champion, then he gets an actual title shot. Now, before we go on quickly, let your thoughts on this, because this is this is turned into a real bone of contention here, I think, with wrestling fans. This whole idea of having to pin the champ first before you get a title shot. 
like, I mean, I get it to a degree because it was very similar to the non-title matches that you would see, you know, in the territory days, right? So I kind of get it, but generally speaking, I don't like it. Like, it, you know, like it's a title eliminator match, and generally the person going up against the champion generally loses, <laughs> like, you know, and so it, like, even though I like the match, I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into the eliminator thing. In fact, just so you know, um, just before you and I got on the air, or we were supposed to, uh, Mike McGuire called me from the big show, and we were just kind of shooting the shit about the show, and he even said, yeah, what is up with eliminator matches? Like, he doesn't like it either. It makes no sense for, you know, your challenger to have to beat the champion in order to get a shot at the champion. Like, it, you know, we've we've discussed this before. Yeah, usually, usually, you know, they would go the route where the, um, you'd pin the champion, but it'd be a tag match or something. Oh, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. somewhere to build a drama where it's, you can go, yeah. oh, yeah, but, well, they were in that six-man tag, yep. and he got the pin on the champion. And, you and know? I mean, that's that's how New Japan does it, right? Like, that's how they, you know, now, granted, the Japanese audience is a little different than the North American audience, mm. but it's the same idea where you, um, like, like, again, it. The, the eliminator thing just pisses me off, especially with Takeshita, because like you're starting to put a little bit of shine on on this kid. And look, I know that I know that it's early in his story, but it's like, hey, like we're gonna push Takeshita, and we're immediately going to put him in an eliminator title match or eliminator match with MJF, where he has absolutely no chance to win. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, sort of what oh, yeah, bugs no. me about this. For sure, that's there. But by the same token, he got to have a pretty great match with oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah, top yeah. level guy. Yeah. Like, so you got to look at that side too, in that it does make him look again. It, like we always say, follow up. Follow up is yeah. going to be important here, right? Because they did put him in this spot, and it probably is. You know, you could argue that it's much too early for him to be in a spot like this. But I mean, it kind of the match itself was good and he looked good. So we'll have to see how they follow up. That's kind of the important thing. See, and again, I, I think it wouldn't have bothered me as much if like MJF being the heel that he is had said, you know what? I, like you're not even ranked, you know, a non title like like the non title shot or, you know, I'm not I'm not even going to, you know, like something like that. But this eliminator thing that just bugs me. Okay, so uh, for this one here, it starts off, MJF's kind of playing the slime ball. He wants to shake hands with Takeshita. You know, we all know he doesn't want to. He's going to use it. The crowd's just going nuts at this point already before oh, the match yeah. even started. Crowd heat, was baby, really heat. hot. Yep. Yeah, for this for sure. Um, so he eventually, eventually they shake hands, of course, and MJF kicks him in the gut. Uh, MJF's doing all the slimy heel stuff right out of the gate. He pulled the referee in front of him almost really early in the match. Um, they eventually get into it. MJF goes after Takeshita's arm. Uh, I loved how there's this great thing with Taz and Tony Schiavone where Schiavone just despises MJF and Taz just loves them till the end there. There's some, some funny commentary back and forth with them. Um, Takeshita did the exploder into the turnbuckles, a couple of running knees. He did the sheer drop brain buster for a near fall. He also did the Eddie Guerrero frog splash for a near okay. fall. Stop. I got him a comment. Yeah. He he also did the shimmy, which was horrible, but the frog splash was nice. <laughs> the frog splash was quite good, I thought. Yeah. 
but but when he did but the no shimmy, one can shimmy like Eddie Guerrero. No, no, but it was he shouldn't even be trying. Really. Yeah, like he just went like again respect for him to, for making the effort. I'm not knocking the effort, but man, when he did it, I was like, ooh, don't do that again, please, or at least practice it a bit more. <laughs> uh, he also got uh, the stuffed pile driver and a German suplex, but MJF rolled out of the ring before he could pin them. And like, like I mean, as you can tell here, like they gave Takeshita a lot. Like they, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and again. And that adds to your point you already brought up where when they do certain things, it kind of telegraphs it pretty wildly. Like, you know, and he had so much early on. I'm like, yeah, OK, yeah, not a chance in hell here. Um, there was a you deserve it. You deserve it chant from the crowd. Um, um, Takeshita tried to pin him at one point. MGF rolls it over into the arm bar. Uh, to is uh, doing somersault dives to the outside. Uh, to also went for Hurricane Rana, but MJF turned it into a power bomb and th- that he also like dropped him on his knee. But at the same time, they did the idea that MJF hurt his own knee by doing this knee, literally dropping Takeshita on his own knee. Um, Takeshita got the blue thunder power bomb for a near fall. Um, he was also trying to go after the knee of MJF, but MJF made the ropes. Uh, MJF got the salt of the earth locked in. Takeshita made the ropes. Then MJF pulled him back to the center, cranked it on even harder, and Takeshita tapped out. So MJF wins the match. And uh, just quickly afterwards, he before the match started, he gave his uh, dynamite uh, diamond ring there to the referee. So after he got the win, he got the ring back from the referee. He pushed the referee and he corked Takeshita with the ring. Uh, he busted. He actually busted Takeshita open off the ring shot. And uh, Danielson ran down for the save and MJF was out of there. So the match actually was very, very good. I um, thought so. Yeah. Like, in fact, I, I would argue like that. That could have been a pay-per-view match. And I you know oh, what yeah. I like? Yeah. yeah. What I really liked about it too was that there wasn't a lot of crazy high spots. I I think it was just, you know, like it was just solid match. Um Takeshita did a, a good job selling the arm. MJF did a good job with the heat and with, you know, selling his knee. Like just really solid match. I have I like I just I really liked it. I thought that was a you know what? That was like a surprisingly old school wrestling match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in terms of yeah. the way that they, they built the match and stuff. Right. And with um, both guys, you know, both guys in peril at certain points, both yeah. guys having messed up body parts. Like, and I thought and, they did a great job. And again, I thought they did. It, it, it was good for Takeshita. I realized he's kind of put in a spot where he has to lose, but, Having said that, the match was excellent. And again, if the follow-up is good, then it's it's good. Yeah, like, and put it this way, like, I mean, Takeshita was good, but, like, MJF was also good, um, like, uh, you know, putting, like, uh, putting over and working with Takeshita. Like, you yeah. know, like, well, you know, Takeshita doesn't look that good if MJF's not playing properly either right oh no no ab- and absolutely yeah no yeah. they the two of them worked together uh very well you know he was playing that kind of the classic heel kind of uh champion um so i thought it worked quite well 
Uh, okay, so after that, we go to, we have the Samoa Joe uh, promo. This is a pre-taped segment. Uh, he's in his usual intensity here. Uh, he said, <laughs> Joe said, he stands here. To, he's got both belts on, one on each shoulder. He's like, he says, he stands here to show all is right in the universe with me being the Ring of Honor TV champion and the TNT champion. He goes, Darby, I may not like your style, but you were a worthy adversary. He goes, but Wardlow was never a worthy adversary. He goes, I've taken your championship and taken your scalp. Remember, he cut Wardlow's hair a while ago. Uh, He said, what more do you want me to take? He goes, you didn't understand even when Ward Joe started. He goes, I know men like you were ambitious and needed to be put down immediately, and I did. But if you come at me, I know you are a man of many secrets, and week after week I will expose you. You may be coming to take my title from me, but I will take everything from you. So what? what now, it, listening to this, is this what? So like Joe is going to have this big book of secrets on Wardlow, and he's going to reveal these things to us? Is that what's happening here? I hope it's not as literal. (laughs) I know, but I mean, you know, what is like, what is he talking about? I certainly, I I mean, I love the line where he said, I knew you were ambitious, so I needed to put you down. You're in, you know, you're in the way. But this year, I know you're a man of many secrets and week after week, I'm going to expose you. I I wonder if that just means that, like, you know, Joe's going to play some psychological games and, you know, try to mess with Wardlow's mind, you know, like that, this is very wrestling tropey-ish stuff, right? But but that said, I really did like the promo, but I agree, I was kind of like, what secrets are we talking about here? And, uh, you know, like, if if he said week after week, I'm going to beat you down until, you know, you can't take it anymore, that would have made sense, but I just, yeah, I think some of this was a little, a little too much, but for the most part, Samoa Joe is very good on the mic, so, like... Yeah, I I loved I loved his delivery, and I have to admit I'm I'm just like you. I'm somewhat skeptical, but I'm also curious at the yeah, same time, yeah. right? I, I I did like the line though of like you may take my championship, but I'm gonna take everything from you. Like, yeah, like yeah. you know that's intense. But yeah, there it's were a couple a couple things here where I'm like, all right, where are we going with that? Okay, like let's see what happens, right? So. Okay, so up next for those of you that didn't like the first eliminator match. You get a second eliminator match because <laughs> they did the exact same thing with the women's championship here. Uh, the uh, bunny uh, had a shot here at Jamie Hader, and if she wins, she gets a title shot for the actual belt. So, I mean, again, in this one, Hader, again, it started off with Hader really dominating. She was just destroying her at first. Um Bunny eventually takes over. They're outside. They're fighting at ringside. It was funny. As soon as, you know, Hater dominated all this time, and then as soon as Bunny got control at ringside, they went to pick and pick. Pick and it's pick, like, yeah. yeah. It, it's like, ah, oh, it doesn't, you know, you got control. Okay, it doesn't matter. We're going to pick and pick now. <laughs> uh, so they're doing all that. Um, um, the, the one cr- crazy spot here is they were trading forearms on the apron. And Hater dropped her face down on the apron. It looked really nasty. And that was right as they came back from break. I think that happened right before they came back out of the pick and pick. Um, 
other highlight. I didn't, I didn't take a lot of notes for this match. Uh, the other big highlight for me was Penelope Ford ripping up a fan sign at ringside. And uh, the Finnish hater got the haterade clothesline and pinned the bunny. I mean, you know, we talk about Takeshita. I mean, in this one, even a thousand times amplified, is there, you know, no way in hell that the bunny is going to do any kind of winning here? No, exactly. But you know what? There was one spot I hope Bunny's okay because, like, Hater hit an exploder and then she went for a second one. But it looked like, I don't know, it looked like they didn't time it correctly and it looked like Hater landed right on Bunny's head. And I was like, ugh, <laughs> like, uh, hope she's okay. Mm, yeah. So that one, yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, I don't know. That was almost like they seemed, um, like they just wanted to have the women's match, women's title match on there in some form. So there you go. They just kind of tossed it in there. Like I, again, I think the problem with these eliminator matches too is that nobody has like like a champion has never been pinned in an eliminator match. So yeah, the, it, at at, the, at this point, there's no hey, it happened once, it could happen again type of thing. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's not happening. And like well, and this, really? <laughs> well, in this one too. Again, it's like I said, it's it's a thousand times past Takeshita, like at least with Takeshita and the push he's put on, you wouldn't be completely freaked out if he had no, beaten no, JF in that but, match. But this one, you're kind of like, you know. Yeah, if no. Bunny had won, that would have, I think people would have rioted. Like, I would you know have what like, I mean? passed out. I yeah, would exactly. Yeah, in the hospital right now. Um, <laughs> okay, so we go backstage and uh, to con- kind of continue on here with the ladies, it's Renee backstage with Tony Storm and Soraya. Uh, Renee congratulates them on winning their tag team match last week, and she asked about Hater, who just won her match. And Soraya sarcastically congratulated Hater on winning, but she said, like everyone else in AEW, she was a loser. And then they call in Leva Bates, and they're like, Leva, come in here, come in here. And she's dressed in the gimmick, which we haven't seen her in the gimmick in quite a while, dressed up like the librarian character. And they go, your name begins with L. And they basically beat her up like L for loser. So they basically bait her up. And this is their new gimmick, I guess. Uh, there, Someone was watching old NWO footage or something. Uh, and it's spray paint is back in pro wrestling. Soraya pulls out a can of spray paint and they spray Leia with this bright green spray paint. Uh, they spray paint loser on her, a big L on her. Uh, Soraya said, we weren't here to make friends. We're here to take you out. And then Tony did the like the L loser thing on her forehead as they both walked out. I think that's going to be their gimmick now. So they're going to go around, I guess, and spray paint losers. I am. I, I, I conceptually, I'm. I'm curious and I want to see where this goes, but. The spray paint thing. It's like, I mean, the my immediate thought was not just NWO, but DX, because they're using that same, gr- like, really fluorescent right, green, green color. Like, yeah, you know green. what? I, I know this is dumb, but if you're going to do it, fine. Use a different color. Because when I see the L in the big green, to me, that's, that's DX. Like, you know, yeah. come up with, like, red or, like, right. you know, neon blue or something like that. At least something different. That's all. But... You know what? I again, I I kind of like this idea of you know quote unquote the invaders coming in and going after the AEW homegrown talent. Right, I mean, right, right. It, like it, it's it's one of those things that it it, it sort of borders on, um, like the 
you know what the crowd might be thinking is like oh that's an ex WWE person I just like the fact that they're leaning into it like all right cool we're you know we're 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 superstars we're we've been here before and you guys are you know you're you're just this little hick company cool let's see what happens here <laughs> right so I'm good with this and you know what Tell, like Soraya especially is a very good heel <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's definitely, yeah. you know, I, I like they're they're not losing me. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, they're, they're deaf. Deaf. Someone's deaf. Tony Khan's definitely been watching his old NWO tapes. So that is <laughs> yes, sure, yes, he has. That is for sure. Invaders from another promotion with cans of spray paint. Yeah. Are we going to hear a uh, voodoo child next from Jimi Hendrix? Uh, if, 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 if one of them comes up and goes, hey, yo, one of them, <laughs> if one of them came out to Hendrix, but they just picked a different tune, I would love it. I think it would be hilarious. Oh, that would be that would be pretty funny. Yes. Uh, OK, so after that, we had a break. Uh, we come back from the break and Lexi Nair is outside MJF's dressing room. Uh, so she's trying to get in there, but the door just opened and MJF actually invites her in and he starts talking to her. Um, and he was talking about Takeshita and said, everyone was talking like you were the next big thing and you were really good. He goes, but you're not a match for generational talent like me. He goes, but don't blame yourself. Nobody is a match for me. And he said, Brian Danielson, you and these fans treat me like I'm some sort of scumbag. He goes, I don't know if you hate me because I'm twisted or did I become twisted because you hate me? But here's what I do know. He goes, a man does not truly know what he is made of until he encounters adversity. And he remembered his first time that he had adversity in high school. He said, I loved whipping around in my beautiful blue Camaro and I kept getting speeding tickets and I was one point away from losing my license. He goes, then junior prom hit me and the football team showed up in our letterman jackets and the girls were everywhere. He goes, but there was one girl. And he said, for legal reasons, let's call her Liv. She was my dream. I saw her across the dance floor. Beautiful, sun-kissed, brown skin, an infectious smile. She was perfect. I said, let's go for a spin. And we hopped in my Camaro. And he says... I got to drive it and she and he basically makes the motion with his hand like she's performing fellatio on him there while he's driving. Um, He says, I got to drive. And he said, when she finished, I decided to put the pedal to the metal. It was raining cats and dogs. We hydroplaned and I went spinning off the road. I got confused and hit the accelerator instead of the brake. And at 90 miles an hour, we hit a telephone pole. When I woke up, I was confused and concussed, and I tasted pennies in my mouth. He goes, I looked down, and my hands were covered in blood. And he goes, I looked down at my sweet Liv. Her head cracked my windshield, and she wasn't moving. I put my finger under her nose, and thank God she was breathing. Police sirens started to roar. And in that moment, I found out what type of man I am. And he goes, do you know, want to know? Do you want to know what kind of man I am? I switched seats with her. And so when the cop showed up, I wasn't the one that was driving. And at this point, he just loses it. He just starts screaming. He said, in this life, there's no winners and losers. The history books don't care how you got the job done. He goes, you want to expose me? I'm going to expose you. He goes, you don't have the guts, temerity, or the balls to do it, and you don't have what it takes to be a winner. He goes, there will be no Iron Man match at Revolution on March 5th, and you will never come close to winning the Triple B, 
And yes, Brian, I am a scumbag and damn proud of it. Wow. Quite the intense promo. Uh, How did you feel about this, Joe? I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. (laughs) I, I thought it went too long. If he said a man doesn't know what he's truly made of until he's faced adversity, and then he did that last part where he freaked out, this would have been a home run. When he got into that high school story, I tuned out. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> this is dumb, right? And then on top of that, we had just seen a match with him. Uh, so, yeah, it was already too much. It was too long. That was my – again, that's my own opinion. I know a lot of people love MJF. I'm not saying he's bad, but this promo was just well, not the thing, good. The thing, the thing for me that bothers me about it is this whole scenario with – like, I mean, I understand he's the heel and it's, you know, it's 2023 and a heel's got to be a real jerk to get it across. But I didn't like this at all. I, I really don't think these kind of things work well. I think there's too many people – these are too much like real life situations the common viewer could experience. And I just think there's too many people that have put up with that. Have, this kind of thing has happened uh, where they've lost someone like this in an accident or something like this. And I just I don't know. I, I and it's the whole scumminess of it, like, you know, oh, yeah, she was giving me head and then we crashed and we switched seats. And I'm just you, like, it's you just, know what? It, it wasn't the right kind of feeling for me. It was. No, no. Like, I, and you know what? It. I'm going to jump right on that because a hundred percent like here, here's my problem. And I, I know like I had uh, messaged you last night saying that I figured out why I don't like MJF. Right. I think my problem right now, at least this is like, and it's kind of related to what you're saying is that it almost feels like he's forcing it. It almost feels yeah, like he's, he, he went into territory. He really didn't, didn't need, need to, to go yeah. into like, you know, call, call Takeshita yeah you're okay but I'm better cool like hit him with the ring cheat to win no problem but like and again when he got to the line of a man doesn't know what he's truly made of until he's faced with adversity everything was cool because he was talking about the fans he was talking about Takeshita when he got into this high school thing it just felt like he was trying too hard and it was like all right I can see through he is Right. Yes, that's exactly what I he's overdoing it. You yes. don't need to be like I it's just like, oh, I have to be the biggest slime ball of all time. And I'm just like as soon as as soon as he told the story, especially when he gets to the part about switching the spots, I'm just like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. This, this is not what I want. I'm like, this is not the kind of heel that I want. And I mean, I guess those people are out there, they say, Well, you know, it's I guess it's I don't know, more dramatic or I don't know, but for me, it's really not what I want in a wrestling heel. This is not, I don't, and again, I always find this stuff a little too close to home when you do stuff like this. It's just so many people have been in this kind of um, situation before, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't. I don't like going for the super jugular like that. I think I think you can be more clever and there's other ways to get around it rather yeah, and, than and, going and for something as, you know, yeah, I'm a scumbag, I'm a scumbag, I'm a scumbag, but it's like See, and and that, and that and that was it like again, I didn't mind the promo. Again, I would have thought like right about halfway through I was like this is awesome. And then he went into the the high school thing and I was like this is not awesome anymore. This is actually kind of stupid. And I, I tuned out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And I'll be honest with you, that promo 
for a while took me out of the show. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, you know what I, I mean? Just, I just thought it was territory where you didn't need to go. Didn't and I agree go. with you. It's, yeah. it's you're trying too hard. You're yeah. trying too hard. You don't have to try this hard. No. Nope. You know, and, and you and you've got to watch. There's a line. There's like in everything. There's a line, I think. And I think you just have to be wary of where the line is. And to me, this kind of crosses the line. Yep. It's just I don't know. It's just yeah, it's just a little too slimy. OK, so after this, we had the gauntlet match here. So this is the big match where um, Ricky Starks has to fight to all these guys to get a shot at Jericho. Now, when they originally set this up, was the idea that he would get the shot with Jericho at the same time? I, I didn't I don't remember. I didn't I understand it that way. I thought he would have to run through everybody in the match. Then he would have Jericho say that- at the pay-per-view. That's what I thought, too. But when they when they got to the match, they said if he gets through, he gets Jericho tonight. tonight. I'm like, yeah. oh, all right. So, yeah, I thought like, I thought this would have been this what it would have been a setup for the pay-per-view. Right. So I had to beat three different guys. Right. So uh, it's Angelo Park as uh, Angelo Parker comes out first. Uh, of course, he comes out with Menard and that um, this one, though, it doesn't. They, this was hilarious. man. they they dispensed with him very quickly. Like Starks gets a, a spear almost instantly and he pins Parker, yep. um, you know, uh, and then um, Menard comes or Menard comes in there and he just totally rolls him up like instantly <laughs> rolls him up for like, like the first pin attempt. He just rolls him up. That's it. Pins him. So the first two guys taken out incredibly quickly. Um, so that, that leaves it for Daniel Garcia to come out next. And Parker and Menard, they just leave. They just walked to the back. But Sammy, of course, Sammy Guevara comes out with Garcia since they've been linked lately. Um, Garcia, obviously more of a challenge here uh, for Starks at this point. Uh, They go to pick and pick at one point. Um, But in the pick and pick, they actually made good use of the pick and pick, I thought. They were basically just pissing off the audience right like they were giving the bird like garcia's walking around giving the audience the bird and stuff like that taunting starks and things like that so you're not missing some major like move or something uh garcia gets the front guillotine on Starks. starks counters with the power bomb but he's kind of worn out can't follow up garcia does the superplex off the top but starks turns it into the northern lights bomb for a near fall, which looked pretty great. Uh, they're on the apron at one point, just slapping the crap out of each other. And then Stark spears him right off the apron. Uh, then at this point, they're fighting there at ringside after that spear spot. There's a masked wrestler in the crowd, or there's someone with a lucha mask on in the crowd there. And he corks Judas, or sorry, <laughs> he corks Starks with what looks like the Judas effect. So, of course, everybody's, you know, well, that looked like uh, the backwards forearm. Oh, God, that was so horrible. (laughs) I couldn't stand that. (laughs) So uh, Garcia throws him back in the ring, and he gets the pin on Starks. And, of course, the masked wrestler gets in the ring, and it's Jericho. So there you go. So he doesn't get the match with Jericho. Yeah, I mean, obviously the story continues. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I got to figure that you're gonna end up at Revolution in a match. But, um, like, here, here's the thing, and, and this isn't even the match; it's the announcers. 
like you know how you were saying, oh, it looked like a back elbow and stuff like that, right? I'm like, it's like, don't insult my intelligence, please. Yeah. You know what I mean? They like, if, if 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 one of them wants to go, yeah, like that looked awfully familiar, and one of them said, what are you talking about? That's Chris Jericho. Okay, I would have been cool with that because it's like, come on, this is so obvious it was Chris Jericho, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they, they it was and and the, like you said, the funny thing is they kept saying it. Well, yeah, back, yeah, it looked yeah. like the back fist. I think it was a back fist. I'm, you know, like like at least like, Taz kind of made mention Lord. it looked like a yeah. Judas effect. Yeah. You know what I mean? And or Shivani, Shivani should have been right on and said that's Jericho. yeah, that's exactly, Jericho. yeah. Right. So I mean, other than that though, I mean, it was fine. It was what it was. Like I, again, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about this Garcia thing right now because like. He was white hot when he was kind of feuding with Jericho, and he's definitely yeah. down now. Right, um, right. So hopefully they heat that up soon because man, like I'm like again, I'm like he's good in the ring. I'm just starting to lose interest. Okay, so after this, uh, we go to Renee with the acclaimed and uh, Mr. Ass Daddy himself there, Billy Gunn. Uh, she asked Billy Gunn how he's feeling after being in the middle of all this stuff with the acclaimed and the guns. And the feuding going on. And he says, you know what? I care for all four of them. He goes, you know, as the acclaim became tag champs, he goes, you know, we did it as a team. He goes, so as a team decision tonight, he goes, I'm going to stay in the back and let them handle their business. Uh, Caster said, we are the world's greatest tag team, the people's choice, the people's voice. Um, He said, Billy, stay in the back. We got it. Right, Anthony? And Bowen says, he says, yeah, but it is somewhat reluctantly, which was kind of weird. Uh, but then he gets all lit up and says, ah, scissor me, daddy. And of course they do. And all is all is crazy and well. So. And uh, anything there? Yes. No. That was all right. I yeah. I, I thought I thought we were going to see the, the Billy Gun turn. We'll talk about that. But uh, that seemed to be what the setup felt like. Um but otherwise, yeah, it was good. It was, you know, it's the acclaimed. It's, you know, scissor me daddy. It's popular, right? Okay, we go at a break. We come back. Renee's backstage with Brian and Takesha. Takesha's getting kind of patched up after being busted open. Um, Renee was setting up a question for Brian, but hey, you have to have at least one interview on an AEW show where the person gets to say nothing and is interrupted. <laughs> so all, Brian got to say nothing. All of a sudden, someone slams the door behind them. And uh, I guess later they implied it was Jose. I, I couldn't tell it was done so quick. Uh, and uh, so all of a sudden, they're locked in the room. And I'm not sure how they did this. It was the classic because they never showed us the other side. It was the classic chair propped up against the door or it wouldn't make sense that the lock would be on the outside of the door. Um, So I was kind of wondering, how did they lock them in there? But that's what they're doing. And of course, the entrance music is starting to play for Roosh. So he's making his way to the ring for their match. And Brian's locked in the room, can't seem to get out there. So instead of Brian coming out for the match, MJF's music hits and he comes out, but he's limping. He's selling the knee from the match earlier with the Kesha and it's bandaged up. And uh, he's like, Aubrey, Aubrey, sweet cheeks. We need to talk. Uh, He gets in the ring. He said, according to AEW rules and bylaws, 
Um, and Brian is scheduled for this match right now in shitty El Paso, and he's not here. Um, he says, you need to ring the bell and start the match right now. He goes, that's the rules. Give him a 10 count. And they go backstage. We see that Danielson has actually got out of the room, but he's running to the ring. Uh, MJF's yelling, Aubrey, count, count, count. And she's deliberately counting super slow. Actually, she knows uh, what's going on here, right? Also, just, just to jump in real quick, when he when he got out of the room, I think um, Takeshita held back Vance, Preston, Preston uh, Vance at 10, and it was Jose that was it looked like holding the door. Oh, so. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Aubrey does the super slow count and, of course, brings lots of time for Brian to get down there for the match. And the Roosh, Roosh, of course, the match starts. Roosh just jumps him right away, goes right at it. Uh, MJF goes back up and goes up to the commentary booth, so he's on commentary for this match. Roosh, as you'd expect, once again, Brian's got his shoulder taped up, so Roosh went right after that. Um, MJF just was, like, you know, slaughtering everybody on the commentary. Um, and Roosh got a lot of – he dominated for quite a while here. Um, in fact, he busted Brian open fairly early on the outside, and he's licking the, the Roosh was licking the blood off his fingers. Um, Roosh, Roosh threw Brian into the ring, but then Brian finally kind of gets uh, some the second win. They exchanged some chops on the apron, but Roosh managed to give him a suplex to the floor, and that leads into pick and pick. Uh, Roosh continues to beat him down outside the ring. The crowd's even chanting, let's go, Brian, let's go, Brian. They come back from the pick and pick. Uh, Brian's trying to get that LaBelle lock on, but Roosh uh, gets to the ropes. Uh, Brian did the tope. He took over, got to do the running drop kick to Roosh on the outside. And he also got the drop kick off the top, but he couldn't get the cover because he was really selling how bad the shoulder was bugging him. Uh, there was a this is awesome chant from the crowd. Uh, they exchanged big chops with each other back and forth. Uh, Roosh gave him the straight jacket pile driver, but Brian kicked out from the pinning attempt. Uh, Brian finally got the flying knee, but Roosh managed to kick out from that. They went nuts with headbutts. Like Roosh was doing headbutts all through the match, but then they went through this insane section with a, just a flurry of headbits. Headbutts, and then they a bunch of slaps to follow that up as well. Um, Brian gets a second flying knee and finally gets the pin. Um, you know, they really put Roosh over strong in this. Like, he really dominated so huge in the match. I almost had trouble believing the finish because Roosh had dominated so hard uh, in the match. Um MJF came down to the ring after it finished. He attacked Brian with the diamond ring. He put him in the salt of the earth. And Brian uh, security came out and they tried to take him off of Brian. And that led into commercial break. So there you go. Roosh and Brian Danielson. Arguably Roosh's best match in AEW. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I really, really hope given Danielson's. Uh, history. I really hope they protected each other during that major crazy headbutt spot at the end. Because man, oh, they, were, they were both going at it, and it looked like they were. But I really hope that they were, because like when they were doing it, I'm like Danielson, I love you to death. 
the please don't hurt yourself. Like, you know what I mean? That that kind of almost took me out of the match a little bit because I was like legit was concerned for Daniel. It was intense. Yeah, it was intense. I, yeah. Now, here's the other thing, because like we didn't really talk too much about it, but you also had MJF on commentary. OK, so you've had a match with MJF. You had this promo that went way too long and was a little like it, it kind of crossed the line. And then you had MJF in the um, commentary, and then he attacks Danielson after this match. Too much MJF. Like, it was too much. I couldn't yeah, it was a little. You know I was I mean? surprised they went with the commentary, too, to be honest, because I didn't yeah. think it was needed. I really nope. don't think it was needed, right? No, nope. no. Nope. Um, and it's that type of – it turns into that type of commentary that ends up being somewhat distracting from the match at times as yeah. well. Uh, so, yeah, I was – I was surprised. I thought they would just let MJF go to the back. I really yeah. did. And and here's the other part too. Like, it's not like it's the go home show. If you know, if it was the go home show before the pay per view, I might understand it because you know it's like MJF trying to get like his last piece of comeuppance, trying to you know get that last bit of heat. We're still like a month away, right? So it's like, yeah, what well, is he gonna that's do? What I was gonna, that's well, that's what I was gonna ask you is exactly the challenge of people that he has to beat is over. He's got the match now. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, what happens over the next few weeks to keep things going and keep things interesting as we carry on here? And look, I I, I know they'll they'll you know I know they'll do something. Again, I'm not I, I don't think MJF's not talented, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm just I'm kinda over this. And again, today like yesterday, way too much, man. Way too you know, much. I'll admit there it was a lot of MJF on one show. Like I yeah. would have definitely, I would have definitely cut the commentary thing. I think if I think if they had done that, I think it would have been okay. But the commentary really was kind of like okay, like you know, yeah, he's, he's yeah. in almost every segment here or something, right? Okay, so we get to a break. Uh, we come back after that. I, you know, this this next little thing. I I just hate this show so much. Um, Impractical Jokers. I think it's one of the most lamest bullshit. Oh, so shows. you've you've watched the show? I've never. Well, watched I used to have to caption it back. Like this show's oh, been on. Okay. This show's been on TV a long time, Joe. Like a decade or more by now, I'm sure. Right, and right. I used to have to caption it when it started, and it's just it's super annoying. It's a bunch of guys the buddies and they they play jokes on each other and they make them act like in situations it's not to me not entertaining in the slightest but yeah they're debuting their new episode so uh two of the guys uh were there i don't know which two guys they were one of them had jericho's bat and they talked about that uh, jericho was going to be on their their show the season premiere was coming up and uh Jericho's yeah, Jericho's gonna be on their show. He had the bad. It was lame. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's a cross promotion, but like when it came on, and now keep in mind, I have no clue about this show. I'm like, what is this? Like, it's it's know. so like the thing is like honestly, it's I understand it's another show that TBS uh, shows, so they probably felt there had to be this crossover, but it's so bottom of the barrel. Like it's right. just. It's not it's not what I would want if I was Tony <laughs> so, Khan associated with what I was doing. So because so wrestling's far enough in the barrel, it's already. <laughs> on its own. 
It doesn't need even worse <laughs> shit dragging it even farther down the barrel. That's how I look well, at it. Well, and not only that, but isn't AEW like the lead into Power Slap or something? Yeah, it's that's like... bad too. I know. That's <laughs> terrible. That's bottom of the barrel. All right. Okay. Uh, so next up was uh, the first actual title match in the show. This is the trios match. So it's Top Flight and AR Fox taking on the Elite, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega. It's 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 funny you say that because when they said it was one of two title matches, right? I remember thinking, wait a minute, didn't we just see MJF and Jamie? Oh no, those were eliminators. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's that word again, eliminator. Yeah. Uh, you, from now on, you're only allowed to use that word unless you're talking about ZZ Top's record of the same name. <laughs> uh, Don Callis went to do the commentary on this. I mean, you know, what do I got to tell you? Top flight and AR Fox and the elite high flying, high speed, a little like, insane. <laughs> yeah. Like all over the place, you know, um, I like uh, just a couple notes, really, more than going through it, because it's just too much craziness. I did find, um, I thought it was really cool this time, when they went to the pick and pick with Kenny. He Kenny was in there with Darius, and they were in the ring just doing stuff, and they just went to pick and pick. Nobody had to fall out of the ring. Nobody yep. had to be distracted. Nobody had to be incapacitated. I, I thought that was kind of, they. I don't, I can't even remember if they've ever even done that before. No, I, like they they rarely like because I think what happened was Kenny got a backbreaker, he got a pin attempt, and then they went to pick and pick. And I remember thinking, oh damn, like no one got thrown out. Yeah, like, you know, no crazy dive over the top turnbuckle. It was just yeah. a pin attempt. It was good. Uh, so they did beat down on uh, Darius for quite a long time. Uh, Ar Fox gets the hot tag. I uh, he did crazy dives to both sides of the ring. Like he went to the one side and he dived on the box and then he ran back in the ring and went to the other side and dived on Kenny. So he was flying all over the place. Um, Matt did this crazy spot where he tried to pin all three of the oh, other yeah, guys with at the, once. That was good. The double, the double Northern lights with the, yeah. like with the, the roll up attempt. I thought that was pretty neat. And he was kind of trying to cover all three of them at the same time. That was, pretty yeah. Neat. Uh, there was a, a you know, as you'd expect with this crowd, of this is awesome chant during this match. Um, what do we got here? This is kind of getting towards the end here. Kenny miss, misses a V trigger on Fox, and then Fox got a near fall. Uh, Kenny also got a doctor bomb on him for a near fall. He gave him the V trigger again and the one winged angel, but Fox countered. But then Kenny kicked out of that when he tried to pin him. And then they were rolling each other around, kind of doing the fish out of water spot. And then Kenny manages to pin Fox. They keep the titles and they crank the Kansas. So there you go. The elite win. As as again, I don't think anybody expected these guys were going to get beat. In the, uh, certainly after the Bucks had just lost the top flight as well, right? No, but you know what? Like there there were moments when you they almost convinced you that hey, it could happen, right? Um, and, uh, I thought I, I really liked the ending of that match. Like just the whole thing where, uh, air Fox is like, you know, kind of avoiding the big moves and he's trying to get all these pin attempts and stuff. I thought it was really good. So yeah, kudos to these guys. It was a fun match for sure. Okay. Um, after that, they just showed this kind of weird quick thing with hook, kind of a montage promo piece, just showing what he's been up to lately. 
This leads us to Lexi, who's backstage with Stokely. She says, oh, it looks like there's cracks in your empire. Um, You know, we saw uh, Matt Hardy and Ethan Page arguing. And Stokely says, look, there are no cracks in the firm and everyone is at the hotel chilling right now. He goes, but I do have one problem, and that's Hook. Everything that has gone wrong is Hook's fault. He goes, Lee Moriarty and Ethan Page have losses because of Hook. Matt Hardy's asking for a raise because of Hook. Isaiah Kennedy is moaning like little Kim because of Hook. He said, he said, and then at this point, as he's talking, we see Hook actually coming up from behind, behind Stokely. Um, then Stokely sees Hook and he totally backpedals when he sees him and says, you know, hey, man, it's cool. Next time, but next time we're in Harlem, we'll go to this place. We'll get mac and cheese. And Hook just grabs him. And Lexi's like, let him go. Let him go. You'll hurt him. And Hook said, be cautious with those words, sir. And he just let him go. And he left. And Stokely was screaming for a doctor or whatever there. So. I guess still hook against the firm, I guess, still. I'm glad that he said he called uh, Stokely sir. That shows some respect. Good parenting yes, on Taz. Exactly. Yeah. And But yeah, like, honestly, where, where are we going with this? <laughs> like, you know I mean? like, yeah. And, yeah. And again, it, you know what? We talked about this, I think, two weeks ago. We're eventually going to need to see Hook in peril. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we've like, seen have you, nothing, nothing exactly. yet. Yeah, nothing, yeah, nothing. Like, at most, and this is not a joke, at most, what, 20 seconds? That's mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we need to see him in peril because, like, like he's being booked as a super killer, and if he looked like Wardlow, I might believe it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But he doesn't look like Wardlow, and I'm sorry. Like, and look, I get it. Like, I, you know guys know how to fight you know it's not necessarily the size and stuff but when i see big bill versus hook and hook is getting the upper hand on big bill that does not compute to me Mm -hmm. so okay uh after this uh, we had a um uh excalibur only had to do a quick promo thing here because obviously they do not have a lot of the matches worked out for rampage or for dynamite next week uh, he said Rampage trios match the Blackpool Combat Club against Sabian and Butcher and Blade. Jungle Boy will be in action. Ruby Soho versus Marina Shafir. And we hear from Mark Briscoe. That's going to be on Rampage. That should be interesting. Okay, we take a break and we come back and it's the main event of the show and the second title match. The Guns taking on the acclaimed for the AEW tag titles. Now, this was good. They definitely gave these guys some time. Yep. They gave these guys quite a bit of time for this match. Um, the, the the best line from the... I think with Caster's raps, I'm just going to try each week to get the best line. The best line this week, he's going, uh, you ain't going to get the title soon because we'll shoot you down like a Chinese spy balloon. Oh, that dude, that's the exact line that I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, that was the best line from his rap there. Although he did, topical. He, he did pop the crowd because he was rapping a little bit in Spanish as well. So. Yes, he did. That's right. After that, he did. That's right. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this this uh, this was a great one. I mean, the acclaimed are in big control for a lot of this early on. Um, 
There, I think, yeah, did, I think uh, I think Bowens did the scissor me timbers to Austin, and I think that led us into the pick and pick. Yes, and, he did. Yeah. Like I said, acclaimed in control for a lot of this. Um, Colt put Caster off the, he pulled Caster off the apron, which allowed the guns to take over. The guns work over Caster for a while. Uh, Bowens gets tagged in. He runs wild on both of them. Um, now, at this point, Bowens accidentally corks the ref, and the ref fell out of the ring, and Colt had control, but no ref. So he went and grabbed the title belt to cork Bowens, but Billy Gunn comes in and stops him. And Gunn picked him up, and Austin ran at him with the... So Gunn, we see Gunn picking up Bowens, and this is where you're thinking, turn. This is you're like this is where in your mind you're going, this is the turn. If they're going to do it, Billy Gunn's going to turn here because Gunn's picking him up. And Austin's running at him with the title bout, and it looks like Gunn's going to hold him, but he doesn't. Gunn throws him out of the way, so Austin can't hit him with the belt. But then Colt came up from behind, and he corked his own father. Took that out bastard. His own father it was so sad. Took out his own father. Um, so uh, as we continue on, the acclaimed get both the arrival and the mic drop, but there's no referee to count. He's still out. Um Caster tries to pick him up, get him in there, get him back in the ring, but Colt stops him from doing it. Uh, Bowens rolls up Austin for a pin, but only gets a two. And then Colt corks Bowens with the belt. Austin pins him, and the guns win the belts. And uh, good work on who's ever in the truck and the cameraman. They got several great shots of the crowd genuinely stunned by the outcome of this match. There was oh, some really yeah. good shots there. And the crowd, well, you can tell, crowd was not happy. They still liked the acclaim. There was a huge bullshit chant Big at, the end, like th- at the end of this match. I, I, I would argue that that reaction was borderline, like, the wrong kind of heat. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah, I like, have to see, but I was... I was surprised they were not happy. They no, were, not uh, at all. Like, like I actually posted on the Facebook page. It's like AEW way to lose your crowd because like the entire like the entire night, the crowd was hot. And when the, when when um the guns won, they were. I'm I don't know. If, like, I'm not gonna say they like they were definitely in shock. But yes, there were a lot of faces like you know what it reminded me of? It like remember when Taker lost to Brock Lesnar and everyone in the crowd was just like, Oh my god, yes. what just happened? Yes. That's yeah. what it reminded me of. Maybe not at that grand scale, but it was that right. idea, right? Yeah, for um, sure. And it's it's so weird because I'm I'm torn by this whole thing. Like, okay, first of all, congratulations to the guns. Like, all joking aside, because they've gone from ass boys to world champs. And like I think they've done a pretty good job sort of building up their character, yeah, right? Yeah. Um that said though, this match to me was a very Vince McMahon WWE match. Like a ref bump, really? When's the last time you saw a ref bump in AEW, Dan? You yeah, know what I mean? It doesn't happen as often. No, it doesn't you happen know? very often. Um and 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 like again, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not, but it's just like like for AEW that was just such a weird thing to see like a, a ref bump that that would be like seeing a ref bump in like New Japan um like uh, a main event in New Japan for the IWGP belt it just doesn't happen right so it, like that felt a little gimmicky right um obviously the crowd i i get the sense that like again 
it's one thing for the heels to win. It's a whole other thing for the heels to win. And the crowd is just like, what the F? And that's what it felt like. The crowd was like, what the F? Now, that said, I also like if this doesn't lead to FTR coming back and winning the belts, I give up. Like, I really do. Yeah, it's so hard to say. They've been, you know, they haven't, we haven't seen them. They are still in the opening of the show. I, I noticed yeah, this week yeah, yeah. that they are actually still in the opening of the show. So perhaps maybe that is what's happening here. I have to admit, I was surprised. I did yeah, not think yeah. they would. I, I was with the crowd. I'm not chanting bullshit, but I am surprised yeah. that you made the change so quickly because this was a hot act. I thought they would ride it out for a bit longer and let them have a few good solid defenses against some other teams like yep. i'm yep. i'm very surprised and to me i it, and well and the crowd kind of told us it was too early yeah it was you know it's funny if you think about it joe they missed the boat <laughs> they were a little behind on getting the belts on them and, and now they were, they've taken them off too soon, too soon. yep yeah uh, oh and then, yeah. and then and then here's the other part too and i felt bad for the guns here it's like the guns have won. They're walking to the back. Okay, cool. But then they played the acclaims music. I'm like, no, like at least give the guns their their. You yeah, know, their, that was weird. Let let, let them have their let them yeah. have their, their 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 moment in the sun. So the acclaim come on. You you just immediately shit on the guns. You know what I mean? And that I I had a problem with that. It's like, no, if you're going to do this, go all the way. Let, like put the guns music on. Let them be like, you know, totally assholes as they're going up the ramp and, and bragging about the belts. But no, they put the acclaim music on. I was like, come on. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like that. Like to me, that should have been done after we go off the air. And then the acclaim get up and they celebrate in the crowd like, to, to you know, for, for the crowd. And then they put the – fine, no problem. The WWE did that all the time. But when the heels won, let the heels have their moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is interesting to think like, yeah, do they – do we have a – like does this program still con- continue with the acclaimed? Or yeah, like you say, do FTR – because they have – the guns have history with FTR sort of as well, right? Yeah, like, and it makes sense that, like, you know, like the guns have said, hey, we've beaten FTR, so that makes us the greatest tag teams in the world, right? Um, And, like, here's the other part, too. Are the guns are still kind of part of the firm, right? Uh, Are they? They haven't been lately. Okay, so let's assume that they still are, or they come back to that storyline. To me, and again, the total fantasy booking, everybody, um, to me, like, you have them go up against the acclaimed and then you have the firm come out and just do a beatdown on the acclaimed and then FTR comes out and saves them set up that match for the pay-per-view cuz honestly like again if this doesn't lead to somewhere down the line and it look sorry it doesn't even have to be the pay-per-view but if this doesn't lead to somewhere down the line FTR beating the guns who beat them and you know supposedly ran them out of AEW if this doesn't lead to FTR um, like not winning the belts, I give up because I mean they already missed the opportunity with FTR having all of the belts, and I, I still don't yeah, understand right, that. Right. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that it's it. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. Like, do you con- continue with the acclaimed, or yeah, do you just do you break from that now that you've won them and you go to the FTR story? It's, yeah, we'll have to see. But I but guess. again, I like kudos to the guns. I am actually very happy for them because. 
Um, you know, like, um, uh, you know, I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of the guns when they first came out, but like, I have seen the improvement and, you know, I, I you've, you, you see, you can see them working hard and, you know, working on their characters, working on their in ring. So kudos to those guys. All right. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, some interesting stuff from this show and some interesting questions over what goes on over the next few until we get to the pay-per-view uh do we have i'm sure with my uh lateness we must have the ratings by now we we do we have the numbers um they did eight hundred and ninety-nine thousand uh and a 0.3 uh in the demo for fifth place so definitely went down a little bit from last yeah. month or yeah. last week because i think it was 901 last week so yeah Again, really, it's a holding pattern, um, and let's see how TV does as we start building for Revolution, which, again, I, I'm i going to say started today because of the MJF-Brian Danielson thing, because that was like, you've, you've now established your main yeah. event, but right, now I'm right. curious to see what the rest of that card's going right. to look like. So Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and they can spend some time. I mean, they've got a whole month now. That That's basically put in place. I mean, as long as you have little reminders, we don't necessarily need to see MJF and Brian every week, right? Nope, nope. And, oh. and like, just to confirm, it's on Sunday, March 5th. So yes, it, it's, it's, basically, it's basically a Sunday. month. Yeah, right? it's a Sunday. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think now the idea is to you know, cement the other stories that need to be cemented, remind people of the other ones, but not necessarily, they don't have to be a focus every week. Right. So I think it should be interesting. Now, one thing I did want to talk about before we wrap it up this week, though, uh, is not anything AEW oriented, but I wanted to ask you what you thought. Um, we're going to go MMA here. Did you watch the Bellator show with Fedor's final, final fight? I did not. I heard about it. Um, I am going to try to find it somewhere, whether legally or illegally. Maybe I should cut that part, but you know what I mean, right? So it was it was very interesting to see, um, you know, the whole build up and the fact that he already had the fight with Bader a couple of years ago, and Bader beat him so quickly and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it is Fedor's final fight, and um. Yeah, and just really the, the the most amazing thing to me was at the end after the fight was over, and Fedor's in the ring and he puts he leaves his gloves in the ring. It was like the U, UFC old timers old home week. Like it was Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, um, uh, Matt Hughes, uh, Quentin Jackson, uh, oh, Dan God. Henderson, All Josh Barnett. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was in. Joe, it was insane. Mark Coleman, like the, there was like 10 of those. And I'm just like, wow. I'm like, here's all the guys that kind of established UFC, right? Oh yeah. It was, so it was really amazing the way they brought all those Scott Coker brought all those guys in uh, for the big, uh, it was quite the visual at the end of that uh, fight. That's for sure. So yeah. You know what? Like I, I, I'm sure you heard what happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the problem is I'm torn on this because like, like I would, like you, you know, like Fedor, Fedor was in his prime, like in what, or the early two thousands? Yeah, a long, <laughs> long time I mean? ago. So even when he, I remember when he left Pride, and he, I think he fought Tim Sylvia. This is still in kind of the mid two thousands, and he he beat Tim Sylvia, and and like kind of after that, to me was like that was like kind of the last 
fight that Fedor was, you know, arguably one of the, like the greatest heavyweight in the world. And then after that, it was kind of a bit of a downhill slide. And like, I, I love Fedor. That dude was an animal. He was amazing. I remember his, like, I remember when he was in pride, like he was just sick. And so I, I, I respect the guy and he has earned every right to fight as long as he wants, but man, it was hard to watch. You know what? It like, it's it's almost maybe not to the same degree, but it's like Ric Flair. Ric Flair has earned the right to do the last match, but man, it was hard to watch. You know what I mean? So, um, and that's sort of how I felt. And that's about how Fader. you're probably gonna feel about Fader's match. I could, yeah, too, like right? I, I think like there's a, there's part of me that just won't won't watch a Fedor match after 2004 or whatever because right, right. Just, that's not that's not the way I want to remember Fedor. Right? It's the same with Flair. Like. I, I have a problem watching Flair after like in anything after say like night like the early nineties because yeah. that's not how I want to remember the dude. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that should wrap it up for this week then. Uh, this, I, actually, now, wait. Before this is we, free week. You got to yeah. talk about free week here, right? So yeah, like for those of you who are listening, uh, so, actually let me start that over. For those of you who are patrons, uh, thank you for you know continuing to support us. Yeah. Yes, Always definitely. appreciate that. Um, you know, but for people who are listening on the free feed, if you are interested in joining the patron, uh, go to patron, patreon.com slash SNME radio. And we have got a bunch of podcasts, all, not, not, all not ton of new shows and <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. It's pretty yeah, so huge I'm, now. I'm just going to run through this really quickly um, and not as fast as Excalibur. Yeah, but like, <laughs> you're not under pressure. You don't have to do it in three minutes. Don't worry. So, yeah, like so on Mondays, you're going to get Bam uh, with Boris Aguilar and Matt Etter, two of the podcasters here. Um, you know, they talk about sports, entertainment, you know, wrestling and not sorry. They do talk about wrestling, but not AEW and not WWE. They talk about everything else. So these guys are they're, they're really knowledgeable. They're really good dudes. Uh, Monday, one of our new podcasts is it's called it's Canon. Uh, Boris is back along with uh, a few, a few Phil and Tyler, and they talk about pop culture on Tuesday. You get, uh, Mike McGuire and myself talking about, uh, Monday night raw, uh, arguably the best damn raw review on the internet. Ha ha. Uh, Tuesdays, you also get Steve Swift, Steve Swift's rambling. That's an AEW dark review. Um, and then on Wednesday, you get NXT talk. You also get the Steve Swift's rambling AEW dark elevation review. So he does two podcasts and those are really short actually. So they're really easy to consume. Uh, Thursday, you get myself and Dan, the mouth Levransky, all elite weekly talking about, uh, AEW dynamite. Uh, you've also, there, there's also one of the new shows. It's called Steven's wrestling journey. It's a kid's perspective on wrestling. Um, and that, that comes out bi-weekly on Thursdays. Friday is Dr. Mouth's Rock and Roll Lunch Party, your show. Uh, and then on top of that, we get the Godfathers of Podcasting with uh, Donnie De Silva and Chris Tidwell, uh, one of the old school dudes from even like back in the live audio wrestling days. Um, and then we also get Setting the Standard on Fridays by Weekly. Uh, that is the journey of Matthew Grant as he goes through the independence in Ontario. Uh, really cool stuff. And then once a month on Friday, you get AEWTF. Um, and it's sort of all things AEW with Randy, Eric, and Matt. Um, and by the way, Matt Roberts, who's one of the hosts, I always say this. If you ever listen to him, he does sound a lot like Don Callis. It's kind of uncanny. 
Uh, and then on Saturday, middays, you get the Smack Daddies with Greg Feltham and Brad McKinnon, and you also get the Rampage Ramble with Boris. Uh, and then on Saturday nights, uh, you're like one of the new podcasts you're going to be getting, Looking Back on It, which is a sort of a, a review of uh, 90s and early 2000s punk, metal, and emo and alternative. Uh, Eric Reed, one of the AEWTF guys, is the host of that. Looking forward to that. And then last but not least, um, oh, sorry, no. On Saturday, you get an MLW Rewind show. That's pretty cool. And then last but not least, on Sunday night, you get the, the Sunday night's main event flagship show with Mike McGuire, um, you know, just on TSN Radio and iHeartRadio. And, man, that's a lot of shows. And for a buck a week, you get it all. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. It's crazy. It's a lot. So it's definitely a value. So, yeah, if you enjoy that, please think about uh, signing up for uh, much more craziness to come. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, and I, I got to mention, I think, you know, th- there are a few other shows in the works. I can't really talk about them now until Boss Man Randy tells me I can. But there's some pretty exciting stuff coming up, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, again, uh, just a buck a, a buck a week gets you all this all your wrestling you know all your all all, all your pop culture all everything i, I think we're uh it's like good we're, it's wrestling sports music, music yeah we're we're, we're we, we need a cooking show but other than that we got <laughs> oh there you go you and mark andrada will do the filipino <laughs> i'm in i would listen to that Okay, thanks everybody for listening to this fine program. We'll be back again uh, next week. Um, what was that? What was that swerve line? Give it there, Joe. Hoodies up. So there you have it. I hope that you like what you listen to. And just remember, you can get that show and every other show that we produce. If you are a patron and to join, all you'd need to do is go to patreon.com slash Radio, And it costs you $5 every single month. We hope to see you there. And just remember, stay tranquilo.